Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. What a great touch of God in here. So neat to see what God's doing. Um, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. Maybe just put your hands out in a maybe a posture of receiving. You know, Jesus paid an extraordinary price for you to be able to receive from God. He always intended his best for you. But the fall broke the connection between his blessing and his power in your life. But he was so passionate about what he always intended for you that he sent his best into the earth to purchase us back out of the fall and restore us into the original intent of God, which is that your life would have him in it, it would have blessing in it, and it would have power in it. We need those things today more than we've ever needed him. I want you to locate yourself. Where do you need his power turned back on? Where do you need life to be turned back on? Health to be turned back on? I see eyes that see again. And I don't mean like blindness. I mean, they've just forgotten what's in front of you and you're so focused on what's behind. The definition of old age is when your memories of the past outweigh your vision for the future. Youthfulness is not defined by age. It's divine by sight. And I see God wanting to give fresh sight, fresh eyes, eyes of hope, eyes of courage, eyes of faith, eyes that see possibilities. God, I declare that you would open our eyes again to the things of you, to how extraordinary you are, how big you are, how powerful you are how faithful you are, how good you are, the father of lights, no shadow of turning in you. Restore our vision first and foremost unto you. Let us see you again, who you are, your heart towards us, your kindness towards us, your power to do something about the situations we find ourselves in. Not just personally, not just our family, not just our business, in our cities, in our nation. We need your power again, your breath again, your hope again, your courage again. Put it in us. Put it in us. Let today be the beginning of a new day where we see differently, where we're reconnected. Not just to you, God, not just to your goodness, but to your power. We need your power again. If you're believing that God's turning the power back on in your life, let's just give him one last praise. Hello. Show. Great job, worship team. Great job, production team. Give him a hand. I can't believe we haven't even been here four months and you guys found this shell of a building and somehow put this thing together. It's because we got Charlie. 
I know it's because we have Charlie. And we have the angel in the form of Augusta. We love you, girl. We love you. High five a couple people. Tell them that they are in the right place at the right time. Well, hey, uh, I know it's like the 17th person that's been on stage already, but <laughs> yeah, I do want you to know one thing about Awaken is we don't have what's called a man of God syndrome. We, we don't follow just one guy and only one guy can preach and only one guy can pray and only one guy hears from God and no, 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 we're raising an army here different assignments, different giftings. You hear from God. We need you to hear from God. So we like turning people loose. But I will say this, in an hour where we need men and women of God in our day, in our cities, in our country, uh, I think all of us had a rude awakening around COVID, didn't we? You just don't realize how much freedom you've lost until somebody's trying to tell you whether or not you can be vaccinated, whether or not you can worship, whether or not churches can be open. Anybody remember, wasn't that long ago? Unfortunately, most churches folded like a deck chair, trusting the good government not awaken. It's one thing to be open in Boise. It was another thing to be open in San Diego. But you know what happened? The best thing that happens in fire is friends are revealed. Yeah, you know who's for you, who's with you. You know who's got a spine. You know who's got a backbone. You know who you can trust. And during 2020, we met a friend. He was always a great man of God, always a great missionary, always a great leader, always a great worship leader, always a great father, always a great husband, even before that. But fire reveals. Fire reveals. Don't be afraid of the fire. Fire is good for you. Fire will bring you closer to God, and it will bring God out of you. It will refine you. You can't find precious metal that hasn't been through heat. In fact, the difference between 14 karat gold and 24 karat gold is how much fire it's been in. I think we've prayed, God, take me away from the fire. The fire's not good for me. No, the fire's very good for you. It doesn't just reveal Jesus in your life. It reveals you, purifies you, cleanses you. In that season, we met a friend named Sean Foyt. He didn't seem to like worship being shut off. I like people that don't complain about it. They choose to fight. They choose to do something about it. And a movement happened. Who would have thought? Who would have thought, Sean? 
Thanks for putting your hand up. Let me tell you this, never underestimate the power of just your yes, the power of putting your hand up. And we became friends because we didn't have a lot of them at that time. They called us super spreaders, plague rats, grandma killers. They called us everything. But sometimes you gotta believe enough in what God has said and what's true and what people need because the fear of man is the greatest enemy of this great gospel we have. And you and I need to develop and cultivate a fear of God so that we're not afraid of what man can do to us. And so Sean and his team are in town. Bringing the kingdom to every capital in the United States. Two nights ago, they were in our old hometown, Olympia, about 45 minutes south of Federal Way, where I was born, Bob. I was born in Federal Way. Bob spent six, six years there, 10, six. Had a radical encounter with God, changed his life. They've been pastoring in Connecticut. But they were just in the Northwest, 6,000 people. Power of God there in that capital. Last night they were in Salem. Dang, Salem is like witch town, man. Flipping crazy people in right around Eugene. It's wild there. The Northwest is plagued with the demonic, and yet God is doing something. God is doing something. God is doing something. We're going to show you a quick clip from last night, and then we want, I thought it would be good to invite Sean Foy to appear to Come say hello. Can we run that clip? Let's all stand on our feet. Let's welcome up here, Sean Voigt. <laughs> what's up, Awakened Church? Hey. Oh, man, we're living on espresso and the Holy Ghost. So that was literally last night, and uh, we got in the bus and drove through the night, and, and here we are. So... Um, yeah, we're really excited. Um, today, uh, we're going to be in front of the Capitol in Boise. And just to give you a little bit of, of, a, of a context of this, God gave us the mandate to bring the kingdom to the Capitol of every single, every single capital city in America. So tonight is number 24. And I will say this, I have never experienced the kind of resistance 
I mean, we've gone to the craziest states, and I did not expect Idaho to put up a fight. And so today we have to start at four because I won't even get into the reasons because your politicians are weak. But, but it doesn't matter because our God is strong. And I'm telling you, what you're going to witness tonight, what you're going to witness at your state capitol, this is why you do not want to miss this. God sent us to all 50 states. We're only coming here once. But you are going to witness a bold church in Idaho tonight. A church that's not going to back down. A church that's putting the government on notice. A church that's reminding the principalities and powers, this is God's city. This is God's state. And we're going to fight tonight in the spirit. Our battle isn't against flesh and blood. It's not against... Satanist and 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 principal, you know, our, our battle is against powers and principalities, and tonight we're putting them on notice. And so we want to invite you to join us. What we've experienced in Olympia, what we experienced in Salem is far beyond what I even dreamed for the Pacific Northwest. And so I believe tonight God is going to put the cherry on top. The band right now, I've been texting them there in sound check. We got our buses rolled up. We got semi-trucks rolled up. We got our stage rolled out. We got, we got a, the protesters across the street. I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's one of those like, it's one of those like Elijah on Mount Carmel things, you know, where it's like, all right, you call on your God, we'll call on ours, and ours is going to answer by fire. So I'd love for you guys to join us. Don't miss this moment. This is not a conference. This is not a worship night. This is not another thing. This does not happen. What you're about to experience in Salem, that was the largest church gathering in 20 years in front of the Capitol. In Olympia, that was the largest church gathering in 30 years in front of the Capitol. What you're going to witness tonight, this doesn't happen every day. All right? Who's going to join us? 4 p.m.? I love this church. I'm so honored. I, I love that God is planting you here for such a time as this. I say, let's take the city. Let's take the ground. Let's be full of joy. Let's worship. Let's drink a lot of coffee. Let's wake up. And let's watch God move. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey, stretch your hands towards uh, Sean. Bob, why don't, why don't you come up here too real quick? I like guys that make me feel bald and short. <laughs> appreciate you both. I really, really appreciate what you guys are doing here. He doesn't just have great hair. He's got great facial hair. Like, I, anyway, you know what? Maybe, maybe somebody else can pray, but no, I'm just kidding. God, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, for your, what you're raising up, what you're raising up in this, in this hour, what you're asking, and and I just want to thank you for Sean and their team and Bob and just say fresh power, fresh power, fresh courage, fresh vision, fresh sight. You're, what did you say? You're about halfway through. And I just say more strength um, as you turn the corner. This is the, this is the place where the lull can set in. And, and babe, as you were praying earlier, I think you were the one who was seeing this. And I just see fresh wind coming on you guys. And, 
fresh encouragement, fresh fire, fresh ideas, fresh ideas. Here's what I see. I see new partners coming, people that just want to partner with you, people that their, their hearts are going to be stirred. Their hearts are going to be stirred. They're going to want to get behind this. They're going to want to get with you. And, and, and this is not what I mean. It's not somebody who has an idea that they want you to be a part of. I see somebody coming that's like, what's your idea? How can I be a part of it? I see armor bearers, armor bearers, armor bearers financially, armor bearers, people that have avenues and access into strategic cities and strategic people. And I see God bringing you. You know, it says the Apostle Paul, they brought him before. He was, he was appointed to be in front of governors and leaders. And, and I see appointments that are coming your way, that God's opening doors up for you. And, and God's doing it. God's doing it. God's doing it. We say strength and courage and fire protect all the things that are valuable to them. Protect their families, protect their churches, protect their, ch their children right now. No weapon formed against them will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against them, you will vindicate them. You will, you will, you will. I declare extraordinary grace on them. Power, power. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's honor them. Love you guys. Hey, they got to bounce out. They got to go get ready. So we're so grateful for you guys to come. Woo. It's fun to have good friends. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Appreciate you guys swinging by. I like to know what God's up to. You need to know something. He's up to a lot right now. And um, I got a great message. I'm going to try to wrap my head around it right now. Um, the sign says this. <laughs> We're on our way. You only have 25 minutes left. Start to preach. That's what I heard. Thank you. How many of you know you need, you need some help sometimes? You need some signposts, some, yeah, wrong way. Do not enter. Turn around. Caution. Well, um, real quick, I have a great message. It's called City Assignment. And what I believe and what we believe, I don't even think it was coincidence that Sean would have texted us and said, hey, uh, I'm only going to stop by one church in the Treasure Valley. I want to come to Awaken. Um, people just sense. You know, you could have gone to somewhere where there's a 1,000 people. We're, we'll have that many, but we care more about an army. We care more about the quality of the people than the numbers because we don't compromise our message. We won't compromise. We're raising an army, period. If you don't like that, well, there's some friendly little, you know, kind churches that don't want to ruffle any feathers. We're just not that. It's not who we are. It's not who we want to be. We're unapologetically coming after the city. We want every sphere of culture. We're, we're into everything. We're not just into church. I'm not, I, don't even, I don't even know if I like being referred to as a pastor. It's not that I don't honor it. It's just I feel like the kingdom is so much bigger than pastoring. I feel like God's looking for leaders. He's looking for a few good men. 
I'm, I'm telling you, he doesn't care what you do. He just cares that you do it for him. And he's looking right now. I remember Drew Brees when he was 16. He had tore his ACL. And um, he was sitting in church. And the preacher's like, God's looking for a few good men. He's like, wow, I, I kind of like football, God. I, he's like, do I need to lay my football down and be, be a minister? God's like, no, no, no. I need you to pick your football up. I need you to play for me. I've got cities for you to impact, people for you to influence. God's looking for a few good men and women. He's not partial. He's looking for faith and faithfulness and courage. He likes a backbone. I know some women right now that have a greater backbone than some men. Get to men's prayer. We'll put a backbone in you. You'll have a pulse. You'll have a backbone. I'll, I'll leave it at that, Nate. I'll leave it at that. We have a theme at a men's merge. It's a men's emerge. It's called grow a pair. Or at least take them out of your wife's purse. Welcome to church. Welcome to Awaken. Yeah, you can laugh. You can smile. Rex Crane says smile even if you have four teeth. You might like it. Ay, ay, ay. City assignments. Um, God's got assignments for us. And first thing he assigns you to is to a city, to a region. I want you to know many of us are feeling called here. We're feeling stirred here. We, we sold everything we had, burned the ships, and moved here. Uh, many of us have been here for a while, and we're finally realizing why. And God's got plans for us here. He's got things to do here. He wants to use you, and, and he's not limited to anything. He likes every sphere of culture. It's why we like pathfinders. It's why we like young people. It's why we like young adults. It's why we like kids. We don't like the world indoctrinating our children. We like to raise kids in the way they should go. We like you with us. So God's into the marketplace. He likes politics. He doesn't like every politician, but he does like the righteous in authority. He doesn't like weak, woke, perverse people running things. We've come out of the West Coast. We've seen every major city run into the ground. So don't be coming here from your, your crazy left coast ideology and voting the same or thinking the same. If you're going to come here, let's protect and keep Boise beautiful. Let's guard this place. Let's fight for this place. Let's wake up. Let's wake up. Let's wake up. It's crazy out there. So we like politicians. We encourage them. We fund them. We get behind them. We challenge them. We like we like athletes. We just had our son, Josiah, leave for the Barcelona Academy. It's a sad day. Mama was crying. Dad may or may not have shed a tear, too. <laughs> Little quivering lip. If you had the quivering lip. Guys, you don't want that, okay? <laughs> but um, he feels called to play sports for God. Yeah. Entertainers. We like every sphere of culture. We like everyone who has influence to love God. I was just reading about, I think, Jonathan Isaacs uh, from the M NBA, which I really can't stand because they went so woke. 
but I still just love sports, man. I can't help myself. And he's starting his new clothing brand, Unite Us. Check it out. And he basically saying, I'm standing. He was the only player on the Orlando Magic that didn't, didn't kneel. He's like, I'm standing for this country. I'm standing for Christian values. I, I might be the only one standing, but I'm standing. And, and he's beginning. This, that's the kind of courage that God is looking for. And, and that's the kind of courage that God can put inside of you. What's on the other side of you having courage? What's on the other side of you not having it? What are the stakes? What's the fallout? If you stay silent, I'm reading a great book right now called A Letter to the American Church by Eric Metaxas. He wrote a great book called Bonhoeffer, and he studies uh, Germany when Hitler rose to power and the propaganda machine. No, nothing like what we see today, of course. You know, there's no propaganda out there. Trust all the sources of media, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, trust the science. <laughs> Unless it's biology, of course, because, you know. <laughs> anyway, I got to probably get off this riff and. You <laughs> um. But God, I, I think what we want to say, though, is don't think that if God's calling you, it has to be to pastoring or to be a missionary. He's, he's just calling you. He needs your gift, your bent, your passion, your time, your athletic ability. We like athletes around here. What if you played for him? What if you use your influence not to just get girls? Get the girls. Dude, come on, dude. There's nothing wrong with, like, liking girls. I like my wife. I've got her, and I kept her for 19 years. Yeah. I was going to say something there, but it might not end well for me. Uh, anyway, we're going to move on. I'm going to share um, real quick out of the word of God, and we're going to move quick since there's not, no time left. Um, We've been singing this morning about the Holy Spirit. And what I want you to know is the Holy Spirit came to make you effective. He certainly didn't come to make you weird. God's not weird, and there's no element of him that's weird. And so we are going to pursue the power of the Holy Spirit minus the weird. We are after potency and effectiveness and fuel. And if you want to know what the Holy Spirit looks like without measure, optimized, maximized, the Spirit of God on a person that uses them for the glory of God and for the benefit of mankind, look at Jesus. There was nothing about him. He was the perfect representative of the heart of the Father and the perfect representative of what it looked like to be filled with the Spirit. And there's a lot of things that are said about him. In fact, it says that you could not record in every book on earth the amount of works that he did filled with the Spirit. He needs you and I filled with the Spirit to do greater works than these. That's the promise. That's the promise. That's why we sing about the Holy Spirit. So we're going to start in Acts real quick. We ready to go? Okay, this is Acts 1, 4 through 5, right after Jesus rose from the dead. He rose from the dead, spent 40 days walking around showing himself to his disciples, proving who he was and teaching them what their life was supposed to look like on this earth. And this is what he said. 
Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water. We got baptisms last Sunday, right? Let's go. John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with power, with the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on to say, you will receive what? Power. Does it say you will, re- you will be strange and not be able to control yourself? Now, I'm not saying when the power of God hits you for the first time, it, it might knock you over. I-, I really don't care if I stick to the ceiling. If God's moving, that's kind of what I want. But what I've discovered is he doesn't want me being weird. He wants me to be effective. He wants me to be his witness. It's hard to be a witness if you're odd, strange. Come on. Where do we get that? Find that in the Bible. Show it to me. Where, where is it? It's not. It doesn't exist. But being powerful and effective is all over the word. Being filled with the spirit, going about doing good, healing all, delivering. That's what it's about. All right. I'm a little passionate about that topic. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want you to know it starts in Jerusalem. It starts in the city you're in. The city you're set in is where the power should be turned on. I'm sorry, your little mission trip to the outermost parts of the world is not where it's supposed to start. It can end there. But your life starts as an microcosm. It starts where you are. Get where you are under control, in order. Get it working for you. Turn the power on in here. And then you start ministering to your family. It's hard to help somebody when you can't help yourself. The power of God starts here. But God does call us to cities. In this case, it's Jerusalem. In your case, and in my case, it's Boise. That's why we are awakened Boise, yeah, we happen to be the Meridian Campus. We'll probably have an Eagle Campus, and we'll have a campus all around the city. But we're not shying away from the city. We go to the fight, to the fire. We go towards the woke. We don't, we're not afraid of it. Listen to the thing, the difference between the religious and Jesus. The religious were like, don't touch anything dead. It might defile you. Back away. Back away. Protect your kids. Protect everything. Yeah, well, you should protect your kids from bears and drag queens, okay? I mean, I'm just saying, like, you should. You should. You should. Please. I don't know how, how they pushed the boundary that far where it's even a discussion. How's that even a discussion? But Jesus was, like, unafraid to touch things. He touched the leper. He, he wasn't afraid of sin or disease getting on him. His, he carried life so strong that nothing that he came against or came up upon could resist it. How much power do you have? What if God could turn the power up in your life to where everything was affected by you? This is what Jesus intended when he went to the Father. This is why he bought us back. 
in the garden, we had all the power. In the garden, the spirit of God was on us. We walked with God. We were trusted. Go and take dominion. Go, go um, and be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Go and be ambassadors for me. Carry out my business. Get my business done. The fall broke our ability to be connected to God, and it broke our power cord. Have you ever had a bad power cord? You're freaking on like 6%, and it's like you're trying to make that last call, but you turn the dimmer all the, dimmer all the way down. You can't even see anything, and you're just hanging on for your last minute, and it's no longer a video call anymore. The video had to be shut off. It's just audible. You with me? Because there's no power. Have you ever lost connection? Got bad connection. It's frustrating, huh? You know God came to restore your connection like never before. I think we need it. Okay, that's why he came. He has an assignment for you in this city. This city is your assignment, and then we need to discover what our assignment within the city is. We talked about a few of those things. Um, Let's keep moving here. Beautiful Jake and Isabella. Great job today. That was their first time up, service leading. Can you believe it? Holy cow. And Sean, preaching on agriculture. I got my master's in agriculture. Actually, I didn't. <laughs> I've never even taken a class on agriculture. But I appreciated the education. Um, Jake last week was sharing around Nehemiah, and I've been picking up Nehemiah. And just for the sake of time, I'm going to speed through this. But what I love about Nehemiah is, well, Jake was like, you should read it to all of us. Did anybody read it? Melissa did. I hadn't. But she, she texted me this week. She says, babe, Jake was right. Nehemiah's like fire. So I've been reading Nehemiah, and now I'm going to share it with you. But my encouragement is that you would read it. One of the things about Awaken is we don't tell you what the Bible says. We want you to read the Bible. There is nothing you need more in your life than the Word of God. You need it for your life. You need it now. This world is crazy. If you don't have the Word in you, you will be subject to the shaking that happens in the world. The only thing that can make you unshakable is the unshakable word of God. Get the word of God in us, and I would encourage you to start with Nehemiah. Thank you, Jake Lehman. A couple things I picked up in Nehemiah that I wanted to share with you is the, the first Nehemiah 1 is where he gets a wake-up call. He has some visitors come back. See, Nehemiah had been taken out of Jerusalem, the city he loved, the city of his founding fathers, the place that he, he had heritage and history, and he used to love that city and heard so much about it, but it had fallen into the hands of wickedness and perversion, and as a result, everybody was exiled out of it, and it had been captured and ruined, kind of like Seattle right now. You know what I mean? And so, it, and so a lot of people were fleeing we're fleeing major cities that used to be beautiful, like San Francisco, like Portland, like Seattle, things that they call home where there was heritage, and then they found themselves, well, in Boise. Thank God they found a great, uh, what a state. Anybody, like, loving it here? All right. But um, 
what he hears is a friend comes and visits him and says, oh, man, things are worse than you thought. Things are horrible. It's devastated there. It's destroyed there. So he starts thinking about his history and his heritage. And the first thing he does is he takes on the assignment to pray. And I want us to know the first assignment that we have, if we're going to have an assignment in this city, is we got to learn to pray. We got to learn to pray. We have prayer, men's prayer at 5:30, women's prayer at nine. Every every single we at Awaken Church, we have a thousand people praying every single week that come to these meetings across all our campuses. Um, we we have about 40 to 50 guys every Tuesday. It's fire. If you want to learn how to pray, come to men's prayer. Yeah. 5.30, 5.30 in the morning. I never like getting up that early. But you know what happens once I get here? I feel like a man. I feel like I'm a man. I got up before, it was, before the sun was out. I went to prayer. Freaking God showed up there. And a whole day, you're just lit the whole day. Anybody, anybody been a part of men's prayer yet? Okay. Let me ask you this question. What if God could dial up your prayer life? Let, let's say it's at a level two right now. You know, you could move a, get the butterfly to fly off the windowsill. You know what I mean? Pretty meaningful, pretty powerful stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you get, you get a green light, parking spot, parking spot. Come on. Daniel enforces God stories. He won't let you share a God story that's not a God story. I was sick and now I feel better. That's not God's story. He's like, he's like, no, God's story is that God showed up. When's the last time God showed up in your world? When's the last time you saw him do something? Seven years ago? Is that your testimony? Seven years ago? God wants a testimony to be, the best testimonies to be in front of you, not behind you. Come on, what's waiting for you to learn how to pray? Your first assignment is to learn how to pray. Learn how to pray. I think there's a lot of things that could be better if you and I could learn how to pray. That was uh, Nehemiah. He got a wake-up call, and he started to pray. This was his prayer. I got to pray that I could finish this message. Oh, Lord, help me. People in Boise need this message. <laughs> this is what it says. Oh, Lord, Nehemiah 1, 11, hear my prayer. This is after his heart's been stirred, and he realizes he has an assignment that's not where he currently is. He says, oh, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Grant me success today by making the king favorable towards me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. What I love is, and then listen, we, we do preach and teach success. We want you to prosper and be in health above all things, just as your soul prospers. Um, but we just understand that prosperity that's not connected to his purpose and his assignment is selfish. And we're not into selfishness. The kingdom of God is not selfishness. The kingdom of God is selflessness. 
In fact, the definition of greatness in the kingdom is being positioned to serve the most amount of people. And how can you serve the most amount of people if you're broke or broke down? And so we're asking God, give me success so that I can help move the needle in the city you've called me to. Okay? Good? That's his prayer. Um, so the first thing is, is prayer, like prayer, learning to pray, praying for your city, praying that God would show you what your assignment is. That's a great prayer too. God, here I am. Man, I, I've just been kind of watching the news, commentating on the narratives of the day, telling the temperature. Not setting the temperature, telling the temperature. That's not Christianity. Christianity, Christians set the temperature, determine the temperature. When we see things that aren't right, we speak about them. We fix them. We declare things. When you see things that aren't right happening in your nation, in your family, I don't mean say something to complain about it. Prayer is saying God's will concerning the matter. Next thing is God wants you to have the assignment of building something, building or rebuilding. My question to us is, what are you supposed to build? We've been building a company for 18 years. We just were asked in the last year to come up here and build a waking church in Boise. We said, okay, God, if that's what you have for us to do, our definition of success is God's will, God's assignment. What are you supposed to be building? What I love about Nehemiah, if I get back to it, chapter one's a wake-up call. Chapter two, he counts the cost. He realized the greatest expense of answering the bell is I have to leave my convenience. I've been the cupbearer, kind of a posh job, kind of a nice job sipping wine with the king and queen in high society, pretty secure, not too worried about my paycheck. And yet God's calling me to a city where it's dangerous, calling me to go rebuild something, calling me to go somewhere I'm not comfortable with. So the enemy of you doing anything great for God is usually your comfort zone, your convenience, something that's nice, something you like, something you'd prefer to not give up. So the first thing, the second thing Nehemiah does after he's woken up, awakened, sorry, is... Um, is he counts the cost. Chapter 3, get this. They start building. This is my favorite chapter. And, I, and I, listen, if you're reading it without hearing properly, it's kind of a boring chapter. Because it says, like, the family of Zabot built the sheep gate. And then Daniel's family built, you know, the stone gate. And it, it lists, like, all these people that started building. And at first I'm like, gosh, it's just kind of like, he got, and she got, and we all be God. And it, you know what I mean? It can feel that way. It can feel that way. But then God started showing me, like, the only way to build the things in our city that need to be built is if we all wake up. 
Chapter 3 doesn't mention anything about Nehemiah building, doesn't mention anything. It says the people woke up and they started to find their assignment. And they said, I'll put my hand up and I'll start building youth and I'll start doing young adults and I'll do pathfinders and I'll do kids church and I'll take on security and we'll make sure that worship is fire. Thank you, Charlie, for putting your hand up and building worship. You with me? And, 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 and there's, we have altars that I'm telling you every single week, God moves here. What's your assignment? If there was a book written about the history of this city, would you be in it? Would you be in it as a builder? Or would it be the next chapter? Somebody who fought against what God was building I think there's three kinds of people. There's people that get to work. There's people that fight against the work. And then there's people that watch everybody work. I'd actually rather you fight and resist than just sit around and expect somebody else to do the work. This is a church where God's called you to get to work. And it might be here in this, you know, on a Sunday, putting work in, doing something. Uh, but it might be during the week. You, you, your job might have, you might be employing people. You, you might be an educator. We love educators here. I was, I'll, I'll share this last story. Um, read the book of Nehemiah. Uh, you guys know Werner Peters? Crazy story this week. Werner moved up here with his family, felt called to Boise for the last three years, and been waiting for the right time, waiting for the right time, and, and they just moved up here, and Werner uh, oversees our men's emerge. I don't know if you saw the video there. We have, like, how many guys were there, Daniel? Like, 3,000 guys. Um, one of the probably craziest, craziest events I've ever been to. Never seen the power of God quite like that, um, and it'll happen again this year. We're going to take a crew, but our heart is next year... Um, we want to bring it to the Treasure Valley. We actually believe the Treasure Valley needs a merge, but we have one more year where we got to catch it. We got to catch it. We got to catch it. And so God brought Werner up here, but Werner also has his hand in business. And this is the thing I need you to hear. For those of you, don't think that you can't be a king and a priest. And the beautiful thing about Nehemiah is they knew how to fight and they had shovels and they had like spades and they had um, all kinds of trowels and they were building the wall with one hand and in the other hand they're fighting, okay? And so what I want you to hear is some of you, God's got business gifts. Some of you, some of you, you, you with me. So what we're after is whatever God has called you to build. Well, Werner also felt called to build his um, inflatable world. God is into like inflatable things, I think. So he's building an inflatable world up here. And I was very grateful because he was the first person to hire Josiah. I know. And I didn't realize how much Josiah needed a job that wasn't cleaning up around the house. Um, but interesting, I'm going to end with this right here. I, I feel the touch of God on this. He knew that God had spoken to him to build this company. But five years ago, he went through close to bankruptcy in a very, very injurious business venture that was the same company. 
And so even though things are different and he's wiser now, smarter now, uh, has a lot more in order, he just couldn't shake the trauma of that injury. And as a result, he had a fear of it happening again. And he was calling and just, you know, we, listen, we don't sniff out devils. We're not like, it's a devil, I'm telling you. The, the devil is a liar. That, that's like, like the kind of coach that we get. Like, here's what we said. We're like, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about your business idea. What's your business plan? What's your strategy? What's this? What's that? We look at it through a lot of different lenses. We're like human people that are talking human. I didn't, I didn't quote any King, King James on him. Well, thou, Werner, thine aren't. You see, like, where is this? You know, where is this? And but we were just talking and strategizing. But what we realized is he had taken on a fear of injury because he was injured. And so the Holy Spirit starts showing us that he had torn his ACL. And I didn't know this about him, but I, he was a great rugby player. And he's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I tore my ACL three times. And what I saw is the same spirit of injury or fear of injury that came on him when he was playing rugby was now on his business. So what we did was, it was simple as this. We broke contract with a spear, a spirit of fear. It was real. It was a valid injury. It was something that really happened to him five years ago. It was a real scary thing for his family. I asked him if I could share it today. He said, share as much detail as you like. So, all right. It was simple prayer. It wasn't crazy. But it was real. And, and we, we invited God into the trauma of the injury. Because what it was doing is it was keeping him from seeing well around this current opportunity. And instead of it being exciting, he was now afraid of the outcome, fearing injury again, because he's had a history of injury. But we broke that spirit. This is why the spirit comes on us, so we can do business, so we can arrest things that don't belong in your mind, in your heart. And so we, it was what was beautiful is we said a quick prayer and and um, we broke contract with it. And he texted me a little bit later and said, man, I, I just, I can't believe how clear I see. I haven't felt this free in a while. Isn't God good? He was called. He had an assignment to build. But then there was something in the way keeping him from fulfilling his assignment. So the first is the assignment to prayer. The second is the assignment to build or rebuild, and then we're going to end on this. The third is the assignment to fight. Now, for Werner, the fight that was keeping him from building was actually inside of him. Most of the time, the greatest enemy is in a you. And so you have to address and arrest what's keeping you from being courageous. You with, you with us here? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to end right here. Um, everybody good? Good Sunday? Oh, man, I'm so grateful. Well, I just would invite you to maybe bow your head, close your eyes. God's here. He loves you. He's for you. He's trying to get you to wake up. He's trying to get you to see he's got plans for you, purpose for you. You're not just here to 
suck oxygen and play video games only. I, I like video games, but there's a whole lot more to life than just that. But what are you here for? Drew Brees was only 16 years old when God got a hold of him. You know what I love about the gospel is it does, I don't need to dumb it down. Don't need to dilute it to make you feel comfortable. The gospel in its most potent form makes you uncomfortable. Calls you out of common into uncommon. Calls you out of mediocrity into greatness. Calls you out of selfishness into serving. And if you're here and you're feeling a call from God, feeling called first into relationship with him, but second into assignment. The kingdom without an assignment is nothing. Life without purpose is nothing. And if you're here and you need that connection with God, I just want you to put your hand up. I'm going to pray for you. If you're here and you need that relationship with God, that connection with God, that awakening, there's a lot of us in here, a ton of us in here. I want to speak specifically to young people. We got a lot of youth here. Listen, this is the time to give your life to God right now. This is the time. He's got the best for you. He's got great plans for you. Listen, Drew Brees didn't have to throw his football away. He got to pick it up and play at a level that was beyond anything he dreamed. God has plans for you that are beyond anything you can imagine. If you're a young person in here and you want to give your life to God, I want you to put your hand up. I want to see who you are. I know there's a couple of you here. Come on. Yeah, I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Come on. How could you resist, like, surrendering your life to the bigness, the goodness of God? I love our young people. I'm so proud of you. All right, let's all pray. There's a lot of us in here. Let's repeat after me. In fact, let's all stand up. Let's all stand up. I'm standing. Repeat after me. Father God, I want to thank you for loving me so much that you would send your own son to die for me, to restore me back into your likeness, into your image, into your plan into your assignment. I realize, apart from you, nothing works. But connected to you, things work. And oh, do they work. Reconnect me. By your blood, by your love, I come into a relationship with you through Jesus. I receive your forgiveness, your cleansing, your washing, and your power. I need you. I want you. Open my eyes to your assignment for me. Give me a heart for what you want to get done. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Let's give God a little praise. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.